The Florida Gators are back on the recruiting trail, picking up some momentum for someone who's committing this weekend. We're going to talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon Rittenberg with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country of SI.com. We're going to talk about the recruiting trail today because, well, Florida needs a little bit more help and they're possibly getting some reinforcements from someone on the offensive line. And that's someone being Caden Jones, who commits this weekend. He's currently at the All-America Bowl right now down in Texas, different from the All-America game that we had that we saw several Florida Gators commits participate in earlier this week. But Caden Jones, six foot eight, 325 pound offensive tackle out of New Orleans. He's committing this weekend, he's deciding between Florida, Texas A&M, who Bobby Petrino, what the heck is going on there? And Houston, um, I will say this. I think he's going to be a Florida Gator. Um, I don't want to like, you know, I'm not I'm not Alex Dono with, with Locked on Canes. I don't need to Dono ball my way up here. I could just say, I think Caden Jones will be a Florida Gator. Uh, Texas A&M, look, Bobby Petrino schematically you're looking at someone who who should be great producing all these numbers and doing all this and they're gonna nil their way in houston does a pretty solid job recruiting but they they're a little iffy with their coaching uh stability right now florida has been in on it by the way like i'm not even just saying oh well texas a&m sucks and petrino's a jerk and jimbo fisher's a jerk and dj durkin's a jerk uh, and I'm not saying just, oh, Houston, you don't know how long they're going to last. But I will say Florida, at least from the side of just straight public perception, which is what we've talked about so often on this show as to just seeing and tracking everything, Florida feels like the favorite for Caden Jones. And I think most people would agree Florida feels like the favorite. I don't think Florida folds this one. I think that you keep him and he commits to Florida. I will also say that six foot eight, 325 pounds sounds like exactly what Billy Napier, Rob Sale, and Darnell Stapleton have really pushed for along the offensive line. They've looked for these tall, big offensive tackles. They want you to be very tall. They want you to be heavy. They want you to have these freaky long arms, and they want you to be able to move well in space because, of course, Florida goes often with this wide zone style where they're running out wide, and if you're an offensive lineman, you got to get moving every now and then. You're not really arcing so much where you have to you, like run around defenders and then deep downfield, but they do run this zone style, which requires you to be at least a little bit agile, and Caden Jones fits that style. Florida does a very good job of targeting players who do that. If you look at every every offensive lineman that Florida has recruited or had committed, none of them get 
thrown with the whole like the the lead block foot thing. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, these guys are athletic, they're agile, they can move, they're physical, they're big. They all fit the same thing. Florida wants offensive linemen who can move out in space and get going. And that's exactly what they are doing. Like that's what they're working for. Caden Jones is just looking like another one of those guys. And I know that in recent weeks, we've seen a lot of offensive linemen leave Gainesville. We've seen two starting offensive linemen at the transfer portal in Michael Tarquin and in Ethan White. Um, Michael Tarquin, of course, has committed to USC. I don't believe Ethan White has committed anywhere yet, but ain't coming back to Gainesville. I can tell you that. Um, He's not going to be a Gator anymore. You've lost Richard Garage to the NFL draft. You've lost Osiris Torrance to the NFL draft. So everybody's looking at offensive linemen and going, oh my, you get to play right away in Gainesville. I don't think Caden Jones is the type that's going to play right away. Um, I don't think that he's even going to have the, the pressure or the expectation from the coaching staff and realistic fans to play right away. I think everybody that's looking at Caden Jones is looking at him and saying, hey, dude, like 6'8", awesome. 325 pounds, awesome. Long arms, probably in the 32 and a half-ish range, awesome. Athletic ability, awesome. Like, like you can be great. But there's no pressure on you to exceed, to uh, excel early on. Like, you could exceed expectations, and that'll be great. And I think that in camp, he'll be given, obviously, opportunities to play football. And then it's like, well, maybe if you earn those snaps, you could do it. But I think that pretty much everybody agrees there is no expectation on Caden Jones to play early should he commit to the Florida Gators, which, again, I think he will. He'll be another offensive lineman added to this uh, to this class where they've lacked. It's simple as that. They've lacked an offensive line recruiting lately. And that's disappointing considering how much attention Florida has along the offensive line, how many coaches Florida has along the offensive line. Billy Napier has a hand in there. Rob Sale is Rob Sale. Darnell Stapleton played in the NFL and he's there. And, and you've got just, you've got multiple assistants that are off field assistants that have at least, at least a little bit of a focus on the offensive line. So Florida, they need to hit this one home. And I don't like saying you need to land this one, but for Florida, this is look, one of the lowest ranked guys class, one of the lowest ranked guys in your class at this point, he is, from Louisiana and not getting recruited from a Louisiana school or not with a Louisiana school in his finalists. So it's, it's either two schools from Texas or the Florida Gators. Billy Napier obviously has that pipeline with Louisiana, with New Orleans specifically. There are plenty of New Orleans kids on this Florida Gators team that are hopefully in his ear being like, hey, Caden, come to Gainesville. Come be great. Um, but this is one where I, I think Florida has to hit just because it's a lower-ranking recruit which I know we don't care about rankings, but it's a lower ranking recruit at a position of need where you've been the favorite. So it's like, you should be able to finish this and seal the deal. So that's why I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's a have to be in that sense of like, if Billy doesn't get them fire them. But I am saying that Florida should land this one. And if you don't, it is a big, big failure on this coaching staff's part which happens again, but it's a big failure if you don't land him because you should. This is one of those one of those recruits where you should land this one. So I think that Florida, you got to kind of put pedal to the devil down there 
and get to it, get Caden Jones to commit to Florida and then continue working through the portal to get immediate contributors. But Caden Jones is a high ceiling, long-term project to add to this class that you really should land here. We're about to talk about the Florida Gators uh, coaching staff, because I know that Florida Gators fans like to complain about that. So we're going to talk about it. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because I don't know about you, but uh, Florida this year, as up and down as they were, were pretty consistent with some things. When they were favored, they did not cover the spread. When they were underdogs, they did cover the spread, except for the bowl game. Um, and that was just rinse repeat the entire time it, it was like infinite money glitch in gta like like it was just so free to do and they did it all year and, and i will say this next year i don't know what i'll do when florida's favorite but next year whenever florida's an underdog i will bet on them to cover the spread because that's what they do head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action check out bet online it's where the game starts Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We're talking first. We're going we're gonna to talk about the offensive staff and the defensive staff, specifically two positions on that staff. First off, offensive coordinator, play caller, whatever you want to call it. If you're a Florida fan, if you're a Florida fan and you've been on Twitter or, or Reddit or any social media, those are the two that I use, really. Uh, and I'm not a big Facebook guy. I'm not a big Instagram guy. But if you use Twitter or Reddit, um, you've seen the argument of Billy needs to hire an offensive coordinator. Billy needs to bring in an offensive coordinator. Billy needs to bring in a play caller. I disagree. Um, everybody that follows me probably knows I disagree. If you're listening to the show, you probably know I disagree. I will continue to make this argument every time that that conversation is had when people say Florida needs to bring in an offensive coordinator. I mentioned him in the last segment, Rob Sale. Um, you've heard his name before, I'm assuming. Offensive coordinator for the Florida Gators. He has, with Louisiana, brought in these, these classes that Weren't high-ranked classes, but got guys to the NFL. Osiris Torrance, who is just the best guard in the country, All-American guard, one of the best Florida Gators guards of all time now, um, at least for a single season, or had one of the best guard single seasons amongst the Florida Gators of all time. Rob Sale recruited him to Louisiana, and, and he developed him at Louisiana while he was the best guard in the country, just he was at the Sun Belt. And then Rob Sale took a year with the New York Giants and Andrew Thomas then became one of the best young tackles in the NFL. After a horrid rookie year, he then had his sophomore year with Rob Sale. Suddenly so much better. Crazy, right? Rob Sale helped get Robert Hunt drafted out of Louisiana to the Miami Dolphins, where he is one of their better offensive linemen, not saying much. Their offensive line's been pretty iffy. Um, but I say all this to say Rob Sale is a Florida Gators offensive coordinator. If you bring in another offensive coordinator, you have to either replace Rob Sale or bump Rob Sale down to co-offensive coordinator. And I don't know about you, but if I'm doing a job and they go, hey, man, we're going to bring in someone else and you're, you're going to be 
co whatever that job is. I don't want to do it. Like if lockdown was like, Hey, we're going to bring a uh, Florida Gators host and you're going to be co-host. I wouldn't want to do it. You know, I'm, it's mine. Um, that's a bit selfish, but I don't care. My point is if you think that you're good enough at your job, you don't think you need a co anything to help you with it. If you've already been doing it, it's different with Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer to bring in co defensive coordinators because they got hired as co defensive coordinators. If you've been doing your job and then they go, hey, you know, we need someone, you need someone to help you, someone to be a peer or, or an equal. I feel like a lot of people would be a little miffed about that. So you either have Rob Sale stay as your offense coordinator or you risk losing him, who, by the way, Florida this past year, best offensive line you've seen in Gainesville in over a decade. So... Is that what you want to do? Because it's not what I want to do. Play calling wise, yeah, you could argue that Billy Napier should bring in an offensive play caller, whether that's a passing game coordinator and Billy keeps playing calling duties, whether Billy hands play calling duties to Rob Sale. Maybe that's the way that you get to bring in a co-offensive coordinator. That's what you think you need to do. Maybe you bring in a co-offensive coordinator and you go, hey, Rob, it's because you're you're calling plays now. Focus less on the offensive line. That's been fantastic for the most for most of the season. Want to do that? I don't think so. It's not a matter with Florida of the plays that Florida calls. I don't like when people say that. When people go, oh, Florida calls this high school offense too often, and Florida does this too often offensively play-calling-wise. No. Florida's plays are not the problem. Florida's offense looks just like an NFL offense if you took NFL offenses and mashed them together. Florida's offense has that that condensed set where you run in these condensed sets people are bunched up i know that a lot of the college football fans are like oh space them out you look at uh at tennessee and the dudes are basically lined up out of bounds and it's like what is going on there um that's not what you should do with florida because florida likes to run those condensed sets and it's great condensed sets are awesome condensed sets with that wide zone style you look at the los angeles rams you look at the Miami Dolphins, you look at the San Francisco 49ers, all teams that like to condense things up and bunch things up and then run wide. Because, yeah, you could talk about spread them out, let your receivers block downfield, which is great, or condense everything, and there's not defenders out wide to stop that. You get out wide, and it's a foot race at that point. That's one of the reasons that they're so good at creating these explosive plays is that there's not people there. So that's why I will say it's not the place. It's not. You look at the 12 personnel thing that people want to argue of. You need to go three, four, five wide receivers every single play. No, you don't. Especially early downs. Because at least we'll, we'll say early downs here because second down depends obviously on the situation and the distance. Same thing with third down. But we'll say early downs. Florida goes 12 personnel more than most. No, it sucks, right? No, because Kansas City Chiefs do that. The Green Bay Packers do that. The New York Jets aren't great, but <laughs> they, they had that same principle of going 12 personnel on early downs, and the Jets' offense with an actual quarterback has been awesome, right? So there's that. It's more so what you call when you call it that is the issue for Florida. It's not going condensed sets. It's not 12 personnel. It's not the wide zone. No, it's 
that on first down, you'll come out and you'll throw this stupid little wide receiver screen or swing. And if you gain yards, it's a yard or two. And then you're in second and long. And Florida will run the ball. And yeah, you'll pick up a few yards, but then you're in third and we'll say five, six. And then it's kind of like, well, you're pretty much almost get, definitely going to throw the ball in this situation. And you do, and it doesn't work because your quarterback is inaccurate or he makes a bad decision or a receiver drops a ball or receivers don't get open. It's not the plays themselves. Florida, efficiency-wise, had one of the better offenses this year. It's not the plays themselves. It's the plays when they're called. Because Florida was pretty efficient. When you run the ball a lot and you're good at it, that's awesome. That's what Florida did this year. But they had too many times where they were like, well, you want to throw the ball early on first down, but you also want to make sure you pick up some yards on first down. So we're going to throw it behind the line of scrimmage and let you run the ball after that. And it's a pass. So it's a pass. EPA is going to say it's a good play. It's a pass. And then we lose yardage. And it's like, well, we did the, the analytically correct thing. No, just stop with the wide receiver screens. It's not what it's that's the thing again that I'm gonna say this and sound like a broken record. It's not Florida's place. It's when you're calling certain plays. And we'll talk about later on how to adjust that. We'll talk about that once we have a better feel for what this roster is. We're about to talk about the defensive side of the football because I know you guys love that defense. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Built Bar, which you know why they're here, right? You know why. It's the new year. That means New Year's resolution time. If yours is about getting fit, eating healthy, doing whatever it is, or you're trying to make yourself better, include Bill Bar in your diet plan. I'm bad at keeping my New Year's resolution to the point where I stopped even making them. I was like, I'm not going to keep that, so I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, if I want to get healthy, I got to do that myself. And then it's worked for me, by the way. But every year, my weakness was that I have a sweet tooth. Luckily, with Bill Bar, they hit my sweet tooth. They fixed that. It's coated in... 100% chocolate. Built Puffs have marshmallow in them, dude. Are you kidding me? But just 130 calories and just four net carbs along with 17 grams of protein. So New Year's resolution, you tell you know your significant other, you could hide, you hide stuff around. Don't worry about hiding stuff. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the Reese's, the Kit Kat, the, the whatever it is that you like, your mound bar. I don't care. Mounds suck. But Built Bars is coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored too, and you won't regret it. Check it out now. Go to builtorbuiltbar.com. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the defensive side of the football because I know Florida Gators fans, you've spent a lot of time going, oh, we hate Patrick Towney, third and Towney, Towney sucks, blah, 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 blah. I will say it is nearly piss your pants funny to me at least that I see within a matter of like 25 minutes during a game I'll see one person tweet Florida's defense is too conservative this is and then I'll see them a few minutes later go Florida's defense is too aggressive what are you blitzing here what are you doing that so it's it's funny to me very funny to me that that's the issue but when you look at the defensive side of the football this is the area that I love, by the way. Um, this, this is this is the bread and butter for me. This is another instance where Florida runs what NFL teams run. And this is not one of those instances where I go, 
This is where Florida, the plays are fine. It's just a matter of when you're calling them. I don't think that's the issue. I don't. Um, I will also say this. If you're going to come in here and yell about creepers, shut up. Uh, creepers, yeah, I don't call them a creepers defense. That's not what it is. Creepers are a rare thing that happen, you know, at, at most like 15 to 20% of the time. Creepers are not this integral part of your defense. Creepers are a light, a nice wrinkle that you add in, similar to the way that a lot of NFL teams will throw, you know, one or two jet sweeps in per game. Things like that, where it's it's not a thing that you're going to call 80% of the time. It, it's a kind of rare thing that you just hope, you know, works. Um, and I will say, yeah, it's not about the whole play call thing. It's not that. Um, there were times where the Florida Gators defensive play calling wasn't the best, where it was like, why are you playing cover three in that situation? Like it, it's third and one. Why are you sending people deep? It's, it's not that. No, they, that happened, but it's not the issue at all. I want to make that very clear. I think that, you know, Florida runs quarters coverage. That's what NFL teams like to do now. That's what we're shifting towards. The two high looks, the quarters coverage. That's what we're shifting more towards. Patrick Tony likes to call quarters a lot. He likes to call cover three a lot, and he likes to call cover one when he calls man. Cover zero every now and then, but that's a bit too aggressive at that point. Florida likes to do a wide variety of things that defensively that the roster just can't do. I know that we've talked about, you know, receivers not getting open, stuff like that. Uh, you know, Florida's tight ends. Not good enough as pass catchers. And we've talked about them not fitting the scheme, but this is actually, they're not good enough to fit the scheme. Defensively is where that really, really matters. I want to make that clear. It's rather a matter of offense. It just matters more on defense where Patrick Tony likes to call quarters, cover three, and uh, cover one. Rashad Torrance, who I spoke about yesterday, great with cover one and cover three when he gets to be the deep man over the middle, struggled with quarters and struggles with, and he's in man. Trey Dean, Pretty solid in cover one when he gets to play man. Struggles in cover three and quarters. Jason Marshall, excellent, I think, in quarters and cover one. Struggles in cover three. Jaden Hill, good in cover three. Struggles with cover one and quarters. Do you see what, what I'm saying here? Florida had a bunch of guys who can do one or two things frequently. By the way, there's cover two and there's other coverages. Florida's very versatile with that, but those are like the main three that people think of. Um, where Florida has guys who can do one or two of the three main things in coverage that Florida wants to do. It's hard to consistently have a solid defense when your players can't do the things you want to do. And it's not even like, okay, then call more cover one. Because guess what? Then Jaden Hill can't do it. It's things like that. It's like, okay, then call more cover three. And it's like, guess what? Then Jason Marshall can't do it. It's not as easy as just call more of this coverage. I know Florida fans. I know you love to see that man coverage. Jaden Hill, when he played man, sucked. It's as simple as you could cut the numbers, cut, cut the tape, cut whatever you want to cut. When in man coverage, Jaden Hill was not good this year want to make that one abundantly clear so yes there were times when the florida gators defensive play calling wasn't great but it's more so that the florida gators roster is just a mashup of guys who can do one or two things 
pretty well, but not all three that they're being asked to do. And you can't just go, okay, then we're going to cut that third because it's not like everybody struggled at the same thing. It was pretty even with guys doing one or two things pretty well and struggling in the others. Adjustments were made for Florida to get more aggressive. I am curious to see how that carries over to next year. Florida later in the year got better and they started blitzing a little bit more, whether it was fire zones or, or more cover one with a blitzer underneath, stuff like that. Florida got better and more aggressive. I'm curious to see if in 2023, they kind of shift more towards what the defense looked like schematically earlier in the year. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to do what I want to do at that point. I will also say before I wrap up on my rant, I cannot freaking stand when people yell about the Florida defensive scheme, because it's not even like, like you can, I, I, I still don't even want to entertain this argument, but you can entertain the argument that, well, what Florida does that NFL teams do won't work in college. Cause you can make the argument that what college teams do won't work in the NFL. So you can make that argument for both sides. And I think that's fair. If you want to make that argument defensively, you shouldn't. That's dumb. Um, but even if you wanted to make that argument of, well, Florida does what NFL teams do, that doesn't work in college. You can't make that argument because Florida runs very similar defense to Georgia. And you know what defense has been really freaking good at the college level? Georgia. So... I wonder what the big difference is between Florida and Georgia right now. That's a, that's an interesting question. You can tell me what you think it is, what the biggest difference uh, you think is between Florida's defense and Georgia's defense right now. Because for the life of me, I just I just can't think about it. I just can't. It's not something I can do. So, but you let me know. Don't worry about that. But thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow. John Garcia is back. He's here. His first appearance of 2023. Let's try to go the entire year with a John Garcia appearance every week, uh, unless he's on vacation or unless I'm on vacation. But every week that we have the, everything planned, let's try to do it. Right? We'll see. For your second listen, check out Locked On SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. You could probably catch him on TV and radio if you're down south. He does that a lot, but get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, right there. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Follow me on Twitter at WNS. I, I went to the wrong side with my finger. At WNS underscore Brandon. I'm still not even doing it. Like, it looks weird. <laughs> but find my right work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.